for all we know, KD, Kobe, and LeBron would beat Magic, Bird, and, <laughs> and Jordan in three on three game. And we dribble yeah, yeah. And we dribble yeah, yeah. And we dribble yeah. We put some shots up and we dribble For ball we know, episode 24. It's Nate. It's A Hop. And we're recording on Thursday. November, a.k.a. Christmas season first. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, spooky season. It's Christmas season. Hello, jolly big fat man with rosy cheeks. That's nuts roasting over an open fire. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to auto-tune that post. post That would be so funny. (laughs) I might have to now. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so welcome back to episode... 24 or wow welcome back to the podcast episode 24 that kobe number we don't edit mistakes out like that because we're authentic facts Uh, like i I try to keep it real not like the kardashian kind of real because none of them none of them (laughs) are are, are real they're all fake yeah you heard me they listen to the pod yeah hopefully the kardashians (laughs) aren't listening or tristan thompson uh, he doesn't care. Or Kanye. What up, yay? I hope he's listening. Me too. Wow, this is supposed to be at the end of the pod that we rant. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> Hello, welcome to November, everybody. Um, yeah, start off for Ball We Know Kicks of the Week. F-B-W-K-K-O-T-W, if, if you're keeping track at home. <laughs> uh, 20- Those are two separate hashtags for the record. Oh, okay. Torian Prince of the Atlanta Hawks wins it this week by, you know, just that landslide because this dude wore three different pairs in one game. <laughs> it's pretty dope. Uh, Tuesday night versus the Cavs. He started out in the Adidas Harden Volume 2 Disney-style colorway. which We think. Yeah, which we've come to learn that it might be Lion King related. Either way, it's pretty sick. Uh, next... He opted for the Air Jordan 5's red suede. That's a retro look on those ones. It was pretty, I like those. Yeah, so he went from like unique to retro, and then he goes to like political statement uh, <laughs> by wearing the Nike LeBron 15 equalities, which for those of you, ha- for those of you that haven't seen, the left shoe is black and the white, the right shoe is white. And they say what equality on the back? Equality in gold. They're really yeah. sick. They are very sick. They're very clean. And so we'll have that link in the description of the episode per usual. And the link takes you to the Lion King shoes. But if you scroll down a little bit, the next two pop up in the, the thread as on the tweeters. Check them out. Yes. So I guess we'll just jump right into the Let's news here. I feel like we should probably have like an order of how we present this stuff, but we kind of just jumble it all up from what happened during the week. But I like that we're starting with one of the most important things that happened this week, which actually happened on Halloween last night, uh, October 31st. Mr. Derek Rose uh, decided that he was going to go, you know, dress up for Halloween as 2011 <laughs> Derek Rose Harsh. <laughs> and drop a career high 50 points plus five boards and six assists against the Utah Jazz. The same Utah Jazz that cut him this past summer. And then he also thought he would just go ahead and hit the go-ahead bucket with 30 seconds left and have a game-winning block. Yep. Jazz went for a three to tie it, and he was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh this set the whole world on fire. NBA Twitter was going off. LeBron, Wade, Jim Butler, Cat, CP3, McCollum, Dame, Scottie Pippen. People that you probably have never heard of or people that you didn't even know were still around are tweeting at D-Rose. I mean, I even tweeted about it. And I added a hashtag TBT in there. <laughs> <laughs> even though it was Wednesday. Should have been a way back Wednesday. Way back Wednesday. No, it's cool, though. He was really emotional after the game, and you could tell it meant a lot to him. Soft. You're horrible. Uh, You could tell it meant a lot to him with what he's been through in his career. So it's nice to see a guy who 
has really just been nose down trying to grind to prove to people that he's still a good ball player, really go off like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like if you weren't crying, you're a robot. So him crying. Or Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Robot laugh. But uh, yeah, so the whole world was crying with Derrick Rose because it was like so cool to see him finally kind of explode after all his injuries and all he's been through. Um, there was some reports this season that said this might be his best season yet and that he's feeling the best, but it's like you kind of take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. So this game obviously is amazing. I don't know if he's ever going to have another game like this in his career. It, it'd be hard. Um, but I think he's capable of going back to like 20 a night or something like that. And you wonder maybe, maybe if this is the catalyst he needed, high teams. you know, the confidence boost that he needed right. to kind of get back on the wagon. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I'm also interested because Jimmy Butler didn't play. Like if Jimmy Butler plays, this probably doesn't happen. Agreed. Well, so. it leads you to ask the same question we've been asking for weeks. Is this team better off without Jimmy Butler? Wow. What a segue. <laughs> Shout out us. Uh, yeah. And no, I guess I I mentioned to you, I thought it was pretty funny this whole time. We've been talking about how this team's so distant. They don't like each other in the one game that uh, Jimmy's not playing. And after the game, they're all like hugging Derek Rose and each other and stuff. And Jimmy Butler's nowhere to see, see I, even though he's, even though he's like, he was at the arena that night. He just wasn't a part of the hug, the hug train. I don't know that we've been saying that they dislike each other. It's that, Jimmy Butler doesn't like the rest of them and they don't like him is what it seemed. He did, however, come in during Derrick Rose's press conference and like make it known that he was saying congrats, but maybe that was just all for show. Who knows? Well, and I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's at odds with every guy on the team. I think it's just those couple dudes, Wiggins, Cat, primarily. Um, But at the same time, when there is that one guy who is, at odds with anybody on the team. You wonder how that affects the overall team chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to answer the question about, are they better off last night? It seemed like it just based on the fact that Carlton towns had his best game of the season, dropping 28, 16. Oh, wow. Okay. So like, yeah, Derek Rose put up 50. That's amazing. But Carl added 28 that's pretty good, you know, and that's coming with without Jimmy Butler in the court. And that's the first time I, has he broke twenties prior to this game? This I don't season? believe so. That's pretty sad for a guy that's being paid at like 150 million a year. Yeah, no, I, I definitely <laughs> agree with that. Um, on the note of Butler not playing, this was, it was said this was for a couple of reasons. Uh, the official reason I think given was precautionary rest um, and Butler said it was because his body was sore. And this was amidst mm-hmm. these rumors that that he's sitting out because he wants to be traded. Yeah, apparently there was a tweet from Shams that this was going to be like a, a, a six-week-long process to get him out of Minnesota. So he's going to start missing a few games here and there, and then he'll start missing practices, and it'll just kind of escalate um, slowly but surely. But apparently that's all BS, but I guess there's no way to tell until we see, I guess. That's interesting. Would this be something that Butler's camp was doing? Like something that, or would this be, is this like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like at such an elaborate plan, there's no way you just come up with that by yourself. You have to ask someone about it or have some input and some feedback about it. There's no way you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to do this because I feel like yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that's a pretty risky. Move. Definitely. I mean, it it really seems to me at this point that they're better off making a move. And then yeah. and then you let cat the, the game last night's definitely reassuring that you'll be OK. Yeah. I mean, you let Cat get back to being himself. That opens up more opportunities for Wiggins again. And then maybe Rose can move into the rotation such that he can be a contributor. And then, you... I mean, yeah, if Rose is just putting up 10, 15 a night, that's all you really need with the occasional 20 something. Yeah. Game. 
We'll see how this all plays so, out. I, this is just going to be a never-ending thing, it seems. This is true. Send <laughs> Jimmy to Houston. They need they need the help. We'll get into that oh, later. Yeah, we certainly will. <laughs> Moving on to some other eventful things happening. Yeah, I was trying to think of a segue. There wasn't one. My guy, Russell Westbrook, getting into it with Patrick Beverly yet again. Uh, in an OKC win over the Clippers. It was a hard-fought game. The Thunder went on a 20-0 run at one point uh, to take control of the game, which is pretty wild. And then there, But not surprising because the Clippers are trash. Touche. <laughs> you kind of wonder just how much the Thunder are still acclimating, though, to Russ being back on the floor. Mm, yeah. I guess it's always going to be a little different, like having a guy that's controlling the ball like 90% of the game. <laughs> yeah, he's, Whether he's passing, creating a shot, or he's just creating his own shot, dude always has the ball. He does. What was interesting about this game was uh, there was a Rockabye baby celebration between <laughs> Patrick and, and Russ going on. Like, Russ started it, I think. He did. He scored, he scored a layup on, on Beverly, Patrick Beverly, and, yeah and just kind of like stared him down for a second and did like a pretend he was rocking a baby in his arms, cradling it. And it was interesting because Patrick Beverly scored on someone else that wasn't Russ and then turned at Russ and stared him down. And How weak thing. is that? That doesn't even make sense. Um, it was funny too, because other guys got in on it later. Paul George hit a three and kind of threw the rock the baby on. And it was this whole big thing. Um, they asked Russ in the post game interview about it. And he said, you got little kids on you, little babies. You put them to sleep. That's what happens. Little guards, you got to rock them. And he did the rocking movement again. <laughs> this dude is a clown. That's funny. I actually didn't hear that that quote. That's funny. His post-game interviews are undefeated. He's hilarious. Uh, kind of the... <laughs> what you mean, bro? <laughs> never forget that one. Oh, yeah. Um, something that happened in this game of particular note was a play that was kind of similar to something that's happened in the past. Uh, Patrick Beverly was diving at a loose ball and in so doing dove at Westbrook's knees, essentially. And Westbrook kind of hopped over him, got up and just walked away. You could tell he was pretty frustrated. Uh, This was kind of strikingly similar to the play that tore Westbrook's meniscus back in 2013, which is the same injury that he was having a maintenance surgery for that caused him to miss games at the start of this season. So there's definitely the history between the two of them, and this is something that was kind of building all game. At one point, they were just jawing at each other. Uh, they were both given technical fouls, and security had to come to the court to separate them. Um, after the game, though, when Westbrook was asked about it, he just said, no comment. I just know that we won. Again, <laughs> Westbrook is undefeated in post-game interviews. So I guess the real question here then and what I would like to hear from you about also, Nate, is is Patrick Beverly a dirty player? So we have different opinions about this. Uh, I think there's always times for any player that can look dirty or be dirty, especially when you have a Pat Beverly who is like one of the hardest players in the NBA in terms of like how hard he plays. Uh, he's always you know, one of the guys that just gets after it. And you don't see a lot of guys like this in the NBA. Another guy, I guess you can compare him to, is sort of like Lance Stevenson. Uh, those guys just, that's what they do. Their game's just kind of scrappy, and they, they would try to get in your head. And the guys who aren't maybe as press- physically gifted, so they use, they just use grit. Yeah, and so they just, they'll pick you up full court after a, a layup in the third quarter when you're up 40 on them, (laughs) like it doesn't matter. They'll just do anything to get under your skin and just to piss, piss you off. And so I agree sort of in the, the fact that in the playoffs, that injury that happened on Russ was kind of dirty, a little bit of a cheap shot, just because, you know, he met his intentions may not have been to hurt him. Obviously, you know, you hope that that's, those aren't the intentions, but it was, it was one of those plays where it's like, it's unnecessary, but it was something he did to try to get under Russ's skin. And so in that regard, yeah, it looked dirty and 
because Russ got hurt, it's considered dirty. But I don't think if he gets hurt, it's it's dirty. It's considered dirty. It's just considered like a pesty, pesty play and kind of like what I said, get under his skin. So, but like I said, I do think it was a little bit dirty just because when you're calling a timeout, it's kind of like an unspoken rule to leave the guy alone. Um, so it sounds like to me your thought process is because Russ what did get hurt – the play was perceived differently than it would have been had he not been hurt. Yeah. I think it would have been perceived as more of like a, what the hell was that? Why'd you do that? Or like a, like a, Oh man, he's really trying to get under Russ's skin. You know, if if it was just kind of like he went after the ball and Russ saw him and just moved away or something like that. But as for the other night, I think due to the history, it makes it seem like it was dirty. Uh, it's hard to tell because in that situation, the ball was loose. And so he's diving for it. But at the same time, you could argue maybe the dive was unnecessary, but it's it's like, it's a bang, bang play. Obviously slow motion helps you, you know, kind of have hindsight bias and be like, well, I know because this replay shows that, you know, (laughs) he didn't need to die because Russ already had the ball, but in that second, you know, might look differently for Pat Beverly, but either way, the history is there. See, I guess, I guess the way I feel about this is you shouldn't be making plays consistently that have the propensity to hurt other guys. Now, do I like Patrick Beverly as a player in that he works harder than just about anybody else on the floor? Yes. I respect that he's gritty and he's hard nosed and he wants to get in people's heads. That's the way he plays. And that's great. But I think there are too many incidences like these where if you're making plays on a consistent basis that can hurt other guys, you are a dirty player. I think it's that simple. It's kind of, it's not the, the blatant Draymond green. I'm kicking you in the nuts kind of dirty. (laughs) It's, it's this sort of, Oh, it, it was a basketball play. Oh, I was going for the ball. You know, I just, it seems cheap. And the history, I think, like you said, lends you to see it a certain way. You have this biased kind of lens you're viewing the play through, but I think the history just goes to show that he's not afraid to make these kind of plays. Mm-hmm. I, I wish there was more articles on pa- past dirty plays that he's done. Like I know there's like little things where he might like, I don't know, pull out a guy's jersey or something as he's going around the screen. Guys just do that. You may not see no, you know what I mean? Like maybe in a more malicious manner yeah. or, you know, tripping a guy or something. I don't know. There's probably stuff out there. It's hard to find. Um, I think there will be a bigger conversation more. about this now. So maybe this is something we can come back to. It's yeah, it's definitely going to be looked at closer throughout the season now, especially when they play each other again. So I just wish there was more we could view. Maybe I'll just have to watch more Clippers games. Uh, <laughs> well, Lord, <laughs> Lord end help of me. the day, Westbrook won the night. Patrick Beverly had four points, seven boards, six assists. Two Westbrooks, 32 points, four boards, eight assists. So, And either Dang. way, it was a very entertaining game yeah. just because of those two For going sure. ahead. It always is. So, yeah. Another thing that happened was the Raptors played the Sixers this week which some might say is a Eastern conference finals preview or potential to be. Yeah. Or a, just a Eastern conference playoffs in general. Yeah. It's it's definitely a game to watch. And those are two of the top teams. Mm Mm-hmm. Simmons had a triple double, but not the good kind. However, however, yeah. However, one of the, the stats for his triple double was 11 turnovers. (laughs) Which yeah. he got Kawhi picked him a couple he times got during the game. Eaten up by Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, he was shook to say oh, the least. Oh, absolutely. And after the game, Ben called Kawhi a freak, which at least he's giving him props. I mean, <laughs> and saying like, "Yeah, he worked." Me. Ben was not beating around the bush. He was like, "Man, he's got long arms, big hands, and it he would." The way that he framed it was that it showed him places he needs to improve in his game. I also Mm -hmm. think that that's – Kawhi is an elite defender. He's not going to see another guy like that. Mm -hmm. 
definitely not. Um, however, Kawhi during this game actually played well on offense too, which I guess isn't really that big of a surprise, but you know, given his situation, you never know. <laughs> he's playing well. He has to be like the guy he's been now. Playing well offensively all year so far. Mm-hmm. Averaging twenty-seven, eight boards, three assists, fifty percent from the field, forty-four percent from three. Yeah, that forty-four percent is huge. Yeah. The <laughs> uh, Raptors are off to seven-one start. Their only loss was to the Bucks, who are as of now undefeated. However. Which is crazy to me. Like a couple of years ago, the Bucks were terrible, and now they're undefeated. Yeah, I mean, between Giannis and uh, Chris Middleton, man, they got a mm-hmm. lot of firepower. The interesting note, though, is that Kawhi actually sat out that game against the Bucks for rest. I don't know mm-hmm. how I feel about that. The NBA has kind of clamped down on this. The rest whole resting yeah. policy. So I'm I'm curious if there's like something else maybe they're saying that his injury is lingering or something, because you're not really allowed to like rest guys anymore due to you know ticket sales and fans wanting to see their favorite players yeah. and stuff. <clears throat> so hopefully it's nothing like that. Maybe it's just like a precautionary thing where they wanted to keep his minutes limited this season. They that you know, they're, they haven't been doing that. So they're like trying to go, all right, let's take a step back and maybe just sit them on this. Was it a back to back that they did? this? Uh, I believe it was. So I guess maybe that could make some sense. Just like, Hey, we don't want to push it. <laughs> kind of ease you into it. Even though last season he sat up the whole season because he's a quiner, but yeah, it's just, I guess for me, not a great look that, it wasn't a back-to-back, actually. There was a couple of days rest between the games, but um, it was interesting. It was the front end of a back-to-back. Um, mm. just the fact that. So let me ask yeah. you this: Do you think that maybe they're they're also foreshadowing to the playoffs and like saying like, "Hey, let's not show our hand here and keep Kawhi out." You can't play that game all season. I don't know. I'm just like thinking off the top of my head, like. Like you said, it was the f- first game of the back-to-back. I feel like that's a game where y- you want Kawhi in because you want to be 8-0, no, not Well, you figure those two games, they're playing the Bucks and the 76ers. So I guess it's mm. where do you want to play Kawhi? I, I feel like I'm more worried about the Bucks right now. Definitely. They got some uh, downhill momentum because going Because Kawhi is an outstanding defender and – we saw that, by the way, he ate up Ben Simmons, who has been pretty efficient and has been a triple-double machine. But right. Giannis is a different breed. You kind of mm-hmm. wonder, does Kawhi have all the tools to guard a guy like Giannis? And now we don't know <laughs> because we didn't get to see it. <laughs> yeah. They, thankfully, they do play three more times, I think, minimum. So, yeah. Uh to move on, the Cavs without LeBron are 0-6, and they have fired Ty Lue. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, so there was an interesting stat that Ty Lue, after he left, he was 1-18 in games without LeBron prior to his departure to L.A., which, actually, I thought I think that stat might have included even with LeBron in oh, LA because okay. they're 0-6. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not sure. Either way, that's not No, good. <laughs> it's not a good look. So as a coach, you want to be like efficient, as efficient as you can be, I guess. It's also not a and, good look that the Cavs won their first game after Lou left, and it, they beat a team that they had already lost to. Yeah, they won... 136 to 114 over so Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta's not a great team by any means, but the fact that you come back with a win and you hang 130 the game after you fire your head coach is really not a good look. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was rumored to have been fired, at least partially, with uh, discrepancies between himself and the man- the management's thoughts on playing time for veteran players. Uh, specifically guys like Kyle Korver and J.R. Smith, which to me kind of makes, like, is believable Mm -hmm. anyway, because I always 
I'm curious why JR doesn't get more minutes and Kyle Korver just based on like your team's 0 and 6. You might as well try to switch something up because I've seen the stat sheet and I've seen Korver play like eight minutes with like one or two three pointers. And I'm just like, this is a guy that can fill it, fill it up pretty easy for well, you. It, <laughs> might as well play him at least like 15 minutes. It a looks game like or the game, this game, they beat the Hawks after they fired Ty Lue. Corver only played about 15 minutes and JR didn't see the floor. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like there was just some differences of opinion between, you know, the GM and owner and what Ty Lu thought they should be doing in terms of direction with the team. Do we want to stick with these older guys or do we want to scrap them honestly and let the younger guys play <laughs> and develop? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You bring up the JR thing about not playing because Today, it came out that um, J.R. Smith asked for a trade. Um, a reporter Thursday, this is from ESPN, uh, asked if he wanted to be traded. And Smith just said, yeah, they know. They don't want me here. So obviously, they know. Um, I mean, if, So that could be a reason for him not playing, just because they're like, uh, screw this guy. Let's just it might go here. both ways, though, right? Like, if, if he's not getting minutes, I'd want to get traded, too. He, I mean, he's yeah. he's still a guy that can contribute on a team. It, maybe it's just not the Cavaliers. Yeah. So the Cavaliers are in all kinds of turmoil right now. And just to add to their, you know, downfall, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin Love is expected to be out for a few, more than a few weeks with a, a big yeah, toe Yeah, there's no injury. real timetable. Oh, man. Not the big, not the big pig. <laughs> Uh, Caleb also said that this injury has been nagging him since the preseason and he's been at less than a hundred percent, uh, through the season so far. And he's been playing pretty well, all things considered, especially if he has been dealing with some kind of injury, but that's so just like imagine if he's healthy. Yeah. (laughs) So if the Cavs are hurting already with him on the floor, it's going to be a disaster in Cleveland with him out for Mm -hmm. a month, maybe more. Yeah, so dumpster dumpster fire in Cleveland. And so let's move into the other side of last year's finals, the Golden State Warriors. Yes, the Warriors last week. Who are the just absolute owned, opposite owned the story whole week. right now. And they are 8-1 currently. 8-1. And, and, and just rolling through. <laughs> Most of their games are blowouts. Um, it helps that Steph listened to the podcast and heard that we ranked him low in the top 10. And he is absolutely going supernova. Uh, he's averaging 33, 5, 6 on, get this, 55% shooting and 53% shooting from three-point land. Including a game where he had 51 points in 32 minutes and 11 three-pointers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's see, right after that. The other splash, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't been doing as well. What he do? Go ahead. I cut you, you off definitely cut me off because that's not the direction I was going. <laughs> the next night after Steph's fifty-one, their next game, KD had forty-one. Oh, that was the next. It night? was the next game, oh, and that was. I think, I think and that's that. in addition to KD averaging twenty-eight, seven, and six. Pretty casual numbers for him. Um, their next game. Those two dudes, KD and Steph, combined for 69 points versus the Nets. RIP. And then, as you mentioned, the other splash bro, Clay Thompson, who is really struggling from three to start the season, uh, five for 36 in their first few games, decided that he would just go ahead and break the NBA record for threes in three quarters on his way to 52 Mm. points, including 14 threes. The Warriors scored 92 points in the first half during that game. They're absolutely on a roll. And I think Klay Thompson is the most dangerous shooter in basketball. I know Steph is outstanding and he's more consistent than Klay, but when Klay Thompson's on a roll, there's nothing you're going to do. It doesn't matter who's on him or how well they contest his shots. They're going in. Yeah, it just hurt even more that they were playing the Bulls because the Bulls are obviously a yeah. in stage. And I don't know. I would like to see some of the Bulls players a little more, have a little more fire with, it was obvious they were trying to get Clay to break the record. And 
the defense was still just so subpar. Like his last three that he made to break the record was basically. So you want to see one of those dudes get mad and decide that they're guarding clay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. Cause after he broke the record, then Justin holiday stepped up and was like, okay, I'm gonna guard you tight now. And he like, did it, let him touch the ball. Like, where was this? You know, <laughs> where was the this first the whole game when he was lighting you up? Yeah. Yeah. He made 10 three-pointers in the first half. You don't think after maybe the fourth or fifth one, you go, okay, he's going to have a good I feel night. like with Clay Thompson, <laughs> after the second or third one, you put the clamps on. Because once he starts seeing the ball go in, it is, it's game over. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy that he's coming into the game. I think he was, what, 5 of 36 or something like that? And then after this game, I don't even know. It's something ridiculous. I now. mean, he was, he was 14 for 24 in that game. God, that's just a gross. That's a field goal percentage. Yeah, that's not that's a three not, point percent. Well, that's probably close to yeah. his field goal percentage. I don't think he took a ton of other shots. No, I just mean like when you're saying going through a stat line and you see 14 of 24, you're like, oh, that's what he shot. Oh, uh, no, I agree. And then maybe he's like two for three from deep or something. So, in the midst of the Warriors being absolutely ham, Boogie's getting technicals from the bench. <laughs> that, that doesn't really matter. Um, we'll see how he can mesh with this team when he is healthy, but I guess that shows he cares. True. It doesn't really look like they need him right now though. So we'll see no. how this all plays out, but, the, but Hey, they didn't, they didn't need KD either until they lost to LeBron. So true. Uh, it definitely looks like the Warriors <laughs> remain the team to beat this year. Oh, Oh really? Who would have guessed that? You know, <laughs> I don't think anyone would have guessed that they looked this scary. I guess fair. Um, but yeah, so now we're going to rotate back to some crappy teams again. (laughs) (laughs) These are all teams that you would like to see doing well, because these are the teams that are going to have to beat golden state. Or teams that you just thought were going to do better than they currently are. For, for example, let's start with the Lakers. Three nice. and five. So, and their three wins, they're very, they're, they're very close games, including, what was it, last night or two nights ago? Last night. Last night, they played the Mavericks and they won by one point. So you hate to see that. And that was after they blew an 18-point <laughs> lead, correct? Something of that nature, <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So we knew bad. there'd be growing pains, but this is bad. I think they kind of just, to me, as a former basketball player myself, thanks, <laughs> humble brag. <laughs> uh, I think it's more of they know who the Mavericks are, and how crappy the Mavericks are. And once they got that lead, they're like, "All right, this game's over." With like five minutes left, they just assumed that the Mavericks were going to lay down and just take another loss, and that's not what happened at all. That just sounds like a young team, right? Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's maybe what they were thinking. Obviously, that's not what LeBron's thinking after being his 16th year. He probably knows better. Uh, So he's probably pretty mad at it. Like, after they won, LeBron didn't even look happy because he was just so pissed that they, like, it was that Of course. I mean, even with that, I totally see your point there. That does not account for their other two and five, you know? So. Right. I think it hurt that Brandon Ingram was out for a couple games. There's this whole, and of Rondo. course, yeah, there's this whole thing going on about what they need to do with their starting lineup. Is Ingram going to continue to start? Do you bring him off the bench and start Kuzma? They are not playing exceedingly well when Kuzma, Ingram, and LeBron are all on the floor at the same time. So there's a lot of layers to I, this. I do have a quick shout out to JaVale McGee, who played 35 minutes and put up 16 points and 15 wow. boards and he's going against DeAndre Jordan. Who's arguably a top five center and a great rebounder. League. Just, yeah. So, and just like a big yeah. brute of a guy and JaVale has to go up against that. So sick for him. There's one guy who's uh, actually doing just, work then on the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Side note, Luka Doncic put up 14 and five boards with seven assists. Any, and he also, ahead. yep. You're yeah. gonna say the same thing. He had the game tying bucket uh, before LeBron iced it with after the a really throw. horrible foul. 
Yeah, really dumb foul by Weston Matthews. Uh, moving on to another team in the Western Conference that has high expectations and is not meeting them. Ooh. Can yeah. I say one more thing? Uh, uh, Luka Doncic, I guess, grew up idolizing LeBron, and it was really cool to see right before they were doing pregame handshakes. He like had the hugest smile on his face with LeBron like dapped him up, <laughs> and then after the game, LeBron gave him a signed jersey, and he again had a huge oh yeah, smile that's on his awesome. Face. So like. That was kind of cool to see just like their their fans too, you know, even though they're in the league, they're still like a fan of a guy. It's just a kid living out his dream, right? He's in the NBA meeting his idol. It's just, he's probably just like completely shocked the whole time. But it was kind of funny throughout the game. LeBron put work on him a couple of times. So he's probably just thinking like, wow, this is got to feel good to hit that game time shot though. (laughs) Yeah. Against your idol. That'd be cool. Okay, um, yeah, another team in the Western Conference that is pitiful. The Houston Rockets currently sitting at one and five. However, they have been missing James Harden for the last several games, who is expected to be out at least through Friday. What do you mean, bro? They got mellow. Funny. So uh, <laughs> this who has been starting in his absence, by the way. Yes, correct. Um, I feel like once they get Harden back, it changes things. Obviously, the dude is a dynamic scorer, and he's really important to their their system and with their second unit running. So, so they just are so bad defensively that they just <laughs> need to bring Harden back so that they can outscore teams. I don't know that that's a great answer going forward <laughs> that's their key that's their game though that's what they do they don't play defense they but that's not gonna teams. work against golden state it almost did last year no they played defense <laughs> last they, year uh that's good yeah it's true they had better defense last year so i take so back I what i said if you're if you're the rockets you should be worried um i mean short of the jimmy butler trade happening I think they're in trouble because they can't play defense and they can't win without James Harden. Yep. Oklahoma City Thunder, two and four to start the season. Um, What do you think? Should they be worried? No, because the first two were without Russ. Now that he's back, they look a lot better and a lot more of a team to... I don't want to say be feared, but just to keep your eye on. and one They're you can't explosive. Overlook. They can beat anyone on any given night, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very fair to say, especially if Paul George is hitting because he's kind of been hit or miss For so sure. far this season, which is, dis- is disappointing. So if he can pick it up, definitely look out. That could be a team that might make like a, a seventh seed or something and maybe surprise in the playoffs. They're a team that you don't want to meet on a, in a playoff series, I think, as long as they're yeah. playing well. Just just because they're so unpredictable. So, Thunder, don't be worried. Pelicans, after a red-hot 4-0 start where they were just hanging stupid point totals on teams, have lost three in a row. They now sit at 4-3. and three. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what to think of this, honestly, because the 4-0 start was such a it shell was crazy. shock. I was just yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> so... I don't know. It's kind of just like up in the air. I mean, I feel like those first two losses of the three game skid, they're missing Anthony Davis and then they get him back in a game where they play golden state. And so Mm -hmm. they lose that game. That's sort of a, whatever. Um, I feel like, but it is worth noting. They only lost by 10 and Anthony Davis didn't play outstanding. So I feel like, Mm -hmm. I don't know that they're going to, become that team they were to start the season again, at least not sustaining that kind of pace because I think they had too many guys playing too well, but I don't think they need to be worried as far as making the playoffs and continuing to be a competitive roster. Yeah. Um, today they play the Blazers. So I think that'll kind of be telling that'd be a good how, test. Yeah. of How they're going to be doing with Davis back now and see if they can kind of get back to For where sure. they were. So I guess next week we'll see. We'll have to come circle back to this on next week. Hopefully, see how remember. Are doing. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's it for T 
teams to keep your eye out for. It's kind of funny. They're all in the Western conference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, teams in the East haven't all just been abysmal. Have have <laughs> it's not, there aren't teams that we expected to be good that just look terrible. Yeah. We just kind of expect the East to be the East and just kind of fluctuate. <laughs> The only thing I'd say is the Nets have looked a lot better than I thought. I feel that, yeah. Mainly because of Karis LeVert. That dude's been balling. <laughs> True. I might have to get me a LeVert yeah. jersey. Like, they beat the Pistons last night by one in overtime. Like, the Pistons are a team that are is going to – they're they're 100% going to make the playoffs just because Andre German's putting up 20-20 every night. <laughs> like, last night he put up 24 And Blake Griffin's been hooping. Yeah, and he Blake Griffin added twenty five and nine to that. And, um, however, Karras had nineteen wow, six okay, and six, yeah. and he wasn't even the top guy. Spencer Dinwiddie, like like I said, was the guy who I thought was going to show up uh, at the beginning of the season. He had twenty five four and four, and then our guy Joe Harris had twenty. Joe, Chelan's fine. So Joe Harris is Joe Harris has really kind of came into his own this season which is nice to see and see he's kind of, I don't know how, how much is he averaging right now? He's putting up some Probably decent 15, numbers 16. and Jared Allen's been not a surprise. He's kind of been, cause I expected him to be pretty good, but he's been very explosive for them this year. And Joe's putting up 13.4 a game with 55%. That's the three, number which, you want. Yeah. He is a sniper. So, Good for him. And Go the Nets. Nets, oddly enough, might have a good future. <laughs> Despite trading away their whole seven-year span of picks. To Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but yeah, we'll see what they look like. Um, I guess moving on now. Uh, Giannis has been taking the league by storm. To say yeah, the least. definitely. And he is now moved ahead of LeBron as an MVP favorite with uh, a plus three two five, three hundred twenty five, and then LeBron and Anthony Davis are tied for second, plus four hundred fifty. Kawhi and Steph tied for third at plus six fifty, and Harden for fourth at eight fifty. I mean, Giannis right now is averaging twenty five points on fifty percent shooting, fourteen rebounds, almost six assists, and almost two blocks. So. He's really powering that Bucks team who is currently undefeated. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if LeBron kind of fights back here. A lot of what's of this, I think, is just based on how well the Bucks yes. are playing right now. So it's just like it's just like a easy to see, like, whoa, he's playing well. He got to be the MVP, and LeBron's team's playing bad. So it's like, oh, LeBron, maybe not. And and that's that's generally and yet LeBron is still putting up usual LeBron stats. He's averaging almost twenty eight on fifty one percent shooting, eight and a half rebounds, eight assists, two steals. What's he averaging from deep? I feel like he's shooting well. Uh, a whopping twenty seven percent. Yeah, LeBron is. Huh. Maybe he's but, not. <laughs> I know his first couple games were rough, but they, have, they haven't up. played that many games, right? So yeah, small sample again, size. We'll, like, I totally agree with it's a trend kind of thing, but we'll see how it progresses. Giannis is playing incredible, though, and it's the same kind of thing as the past couple of years where we're just so accustomed to LeBron's greatness that it's consistently overlooked. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, moving into uh, this week's segment of NCAA. We are going to be breaking down the NCAA top 25. The preseason poll came out. Uh, not the poll. The Well, yeah, it is a poll, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. The AP top 25 came out for the preseason. Um, there's some interesting teams on here that I did not expect to be on here. I'm going to go ahead and start with number 25, <laughs> UW, Washington. Go dogs. Uh, I feel like they have a similar team as last year, and last year's team wasn't Agreed. that great. So, so, to me, it's kind of just like, oh, interesting that they throw them in there. Uh, obviously, they're a 
basketball. It's, they've proven to be a basketball school in the past, so it wouldn't surprise me if they did well. But nice shout out I mean, to them, I guess. The guy they really depended on late game last year was a freshman, and so maybe that's kind of the expectation is he'll come into his own and be able to lead them to some more wins. Okay, I feel that. Um, next up, 24, is Purdue. They played well last year, but they lost one of their, I think I want to say seniors. I don't know, a guy that was putting up points. So I'm surprised to see them at 24 just because I feel like it's kind of like a last year's hangover. That is why they're in here. People are still high on them. Uh, 23 LSU and 22 Clemson. SEC schools usually don't play well in basketball minus Kentucky. So, so it's kind of interesting to see them at the top. Like, honestly, I have no idea who's on their team. I don't even know if they have any top guys. Um, they, they, to me, those could be like two teams that just have like veteran players that are senior or juniors and seniors, just because they don't get a lot of one and dones there besides Ben Simmons. Um, 21 UCLA, a little surprising given the fact that Sharif O'Neal's out the whole season due to some heart issues. Shout out Sharif. Get better. Good luck in your surgery. Uh, I don't really know much more about UCLA's 2018 class. Let's see if I can find something about it right now. I had a link on here to lead me to the classes, but it says, (laughs) I saw that. How wonderful. Yeah, that's not fun. Um, I guess they do have uh, Jalen Hands. He came back. He was a top player last year. So to me, 21 is good for them if they have Sharif. So obviously they'll be good just because UCLA is usually pretty good. I just don't know how long that'll last. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to skip ahead to, uh, Oregon at 14, just because I think they should probably be a little higher, maybe like 11, 12. They have a pretty good class coming in led by bull bull. Um, he's kind of a freak (laughs) being Manute Bull's son and also tall and lengthy. And he can also shoot the three ball. So I think they could be a team to make some noise this year. Another team I'm surprised about is Auburn at 11, just based on again, sec and they haven't had a good team since Barkley essentially. (laughs) So (laughs) that just tells you all you need to know there. Um, let's see 10 Michigan State 9 Villanova 8 North Carolina these are all kind of teams that you see in the top 10 year in and year out throughout Mm -hmm. there is a huge surprise this year that no one saw coming including myself at University of Nevada at number 7 so yeah (laughs) question mark (laughs) like I don't even know any of the guys on their team that are like top guys or anything like that. I have no idea where this ranking is coming from. And to me personally, just based on like not being able to find anything about the team online or about the players being five, four or five stars or whatever, it's kind of just like this might be too much hype. I guess we'll find out. That'll be a team to watch and see what they do have in the way of firepower. Yeah. Cause last year, um let's see what they did last year it should be worth noting though that is this is the first team this is the highest that nevada's ever been ranked for basketball in their school's history and it's also the highest any team in, from the mountain west has been ranked wait at all high. ever and it's a preseason yeah, poll interesting because uh-huh. no one wants to play in the mountain west touche Let's see. Oh, they beat Grand Canyon last year. Rip. <laughs> <laughs> that was an exhibition. Doesn't count. Okay, so they beat Idaho, Rhode Island, Santa Clara, University, Pacific, Davidson, Hawaii. So they were what? One, two, three, four, six and oh at the start of the season. Did they beat Pretty anybody good. of note is what I want to know. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to look to. So they started eight and oh. The next two were Illinois State and UC Irvine, the next two wins. And then they lost to Texas Tech University. 
who is known to not have a basketball team. <laughs> they lost by six in overtime. Uh, then they lost the next game to TCU, who at the time was number 20 by four. Um, then they beat Radford, UC Davis, Southern Illinois. Then they lost to San Francisco by two. Um, they beat Boise State football school. Lost to Wyoming in double overtime. Like they just don't have any wins that make me go like, dang. Like I can see where. Like yeah, they played well against the schools that are good, but can that really you know get you to seventh overall? <laughs> uh, they beat Texas in overtime in Cincinnati by two. So those are some some good games. Those were tournament games, NCAA tournament games. So to me, those are kind of like outliers. And anything happens in March Madness. Well, let's see. It looks like... Because then they lost to Loyola University of Chicago in the tournament. So it looks like Nevada had a commit this year. They have a five-star. Number... One five-star. Number five power forward. All 25. um, Jordan Brown, 6'10", 195. And then after that, they have a couple three-stars. And that's what they're working with. Interesting. So like one five star does not get you to seven; it gets you to like eighteen, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if that. Next up, six and five: Tennessee and Virginia. Virginia, known to have a basketball school. The top four to me is kind of jumbled around. It goes Kansas number one, Kentucky number two, Gonzaga number three, what, and Duke number four. So I just want to say, hold up about Duke. They should be number one easily. They have three they have the top three guys of this year's class and they also have guys from last year coming back and they have coach k like that's an easy number one overall team i mean (laughs) this just the recruiting class alone is stupid yeah like the top three guys all came to your school that should be a top three team (laughs) and you have them at four like they also have man I believe the number nine player. Yeah. Nice. What What does Kansas have? Kansas has the number two shooting guard, the number five point guard. Oh, wait, this is last year. Oops. Why are we in last year? They have two commits. Kansas does. No, this is this year. Gosh, stupid years. Anyways, they had two five stars commit last year and one four star. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> and they weren't top 10, I don't think. I think they were, like, outside the top 10, just barely. I don't know. ESPN's website being <laughs> stupid. Anyways, Gonzaga, definitely not number three. Um, year in and year out, to me, they prove that they can't be a Perennial disappointment. Yes. I don't think they should ever start high. I think they should start low and work their way up and prove that they can be a team because they play the only team they play of note is St. Mary's every year and St. Mary's loses closely every year. I feel like that's something you can't hold against them though. Right. It's like saying this team historically isn't good. So they won't be, it does not, it doesn't work like that. Yes, it does. I agree with you. Like from a fan's perspective that I don't think that they're worth a three ranking, but from the supposed to be unbiased point of view of someone who does these rankings. I get it. I don't get number three. I get maybe top That's 10 fair. just because of their track record and their coach and stuff and, and their players, but like three's pushing the envelope yeah. a little bit, but I guess we will. We will. See. Um, I'm curious when the first night of college basketball is. Cause I did not look that up. Go me. Uh, oh, that was an exhibition game. It looks like it's next week, November like 15th or so. Some Somewhere around there, mid-November. Oh, November 9th. There we go. First game of the NCAA season. So mark your calendars next Friday. Correct. Right. Cool. Go me. So yeah, that's all I got. Uh, 
check those polls out on ESPN or any other site. Just type in preseason college basketball poll. It'll come up. Uh, men's basketball because the women's got released today, and so that was all <laughs> over my got my all Googles. confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some surprises in there. I always am interested to see these just because they fluctuate so, so much, much throughout the season. <laughs> Like teams that are on here now are going to be like oh and fifteen, you know, <laughs> like it just it's crazy. There's no way to tell. Basketball, college basketball is like one of the craziest sports and one of the most Absolutely. unpredictable. I think. And Nathan will be keeping you Which updated. Makes it so fun the season. Oh, I gotta watch NBA and NCA. My life it's so hard. <laughs> That's actually a dream come true for me. You do it anyway, right? But yeah, I tried to make that. I do. I try to make that kind of short and sweet just because who wants to just go through the rankings and just be like, mm, number 10, number 9. So I think it's great. Check it's it out for yourself. Team, teams that will, will underperform, teams that might be better than we thought. I did what I can just based on what I know about the teams and uh, their recruiting classes, which I usually know a lot because I pay attention to that stuff. Shout out me. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's the end of the show. So y'all know what that means it's the for ball we know there was a lot of and this week's for ball we know came from nathan hi so why don't you give it to us okay this is in light of the or in lieu i should say of the record-breaking performance by mr clay thompson i say for ball i know that steph is going to break clay's 14 three-pointers in a single game record this year, my friend. And what leads you to this conclusion, sir? Um, nothing. No. <laughs> uh, that Steph Curry had, what, 11 mm-hmm. threes and three quarters the other night and 52 points. Like, having those kind of numbers, also knowing Steph Curry is himself, it's easily doable. I think in that game that he didn't play, he could have broke the record himself that night if he would have played the whole fourth quarter. Uh, I So I think if, you know, there's a game where he does play the fourth quarter and he's just being unstoppable stuff, that it's easily obtainable for him to get 15. Because even Clay stopped uh, early on in the fourth quarter. He got the record and just sat the rest of the time. So like he could have kept going too. Like these guys are ridiculous stuff the best shooter of all time one of the best whatever you want to say i think it's easily 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 obtainable for him to get at least 15 so i think something of note is that steph in that game where he hit 11 threes was 11 of 16 as opposed to clay being 14 of 24 in the game where he broke the record i think steph could have gotten to 14 with a better percentage um, I have to disagree though. I, this seems unlikely to me simply because the Warriors are so dominant be, that any game where one of these guys shoots this well, they get pulled early. And I don't think mm-hmm. there'll ever be a fourth quarter that Steph will play where he's shooting like this. The rest of the team's too good. I think, unfortunately, games like this happen against teams that suck. That's that's true. And it's not, and it's not like yeah, that ties into it a little bit, but I don't think that's always the case. I think guys just get hot at random times, and it just happens to be against a crappy team like the Bulls. And so, if there's a game ever a game where they're playing the Thunder or something, who are kind of a good defensive team, or like the Nuggets or the Jazz, I think then we might see it. Because they're they're a great defensive team and they can put up points themselves, but they're not so great that they'll stop Steph or Clay if they're on fire. I just feel like this has been a freak start to the season from Golden State, and this is it just has to keep. It's going just up, unsustainable. <laughs> Do I think that Steph is liable to break this fourteen in the next couple of years? Yeah. Do I think Clay is going to end his career with the three points made in a game record? Absolutely not. But <laughs> it just feels unlikely after the way this season has started that it will be this year that it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 
it's kind of a bold take by me, but it, I mean, we're what nine games in, ten, and games we already in, had and one run. guy who could have broken it, and then one guy who did. Yeah, so that just leaves me to believe like they're not done. Yeah, you know? I think it's totally <laughs> valid. I I definitely will be more interested in this now that you've said it. Yeah, like it's not what I'm saying is not so out there that it's unbelievable. It's just kind of like you just just like how can that happen? You know, how can anybody let that happen again? But I think we're going to see a lot more 10 plus three pointer games from these guys this year. Mm. KD might even get in on the fun. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think he looks for threes as much as these. That's very true. Well, he doesn't have to, he can just shoot over anybody else. I know he just shoots mid range jumpers. Exciting. <laughs> Who said mid range is dead? Well, and with that, this has been another episode of Football We Know. Eat. So thanks for tuning in. We got an exciting episode next week. We got what is it? A hop. Explain it. This is your thing, your idea, your baby. So, what you're gonna hear from Nathan and I is each of our top five MCs. It's going to be tight. I don't want to give too much away, but for you hip hoop fans, this is going to be a very special event. <laughs> um, also to note, this will be our first live podcast in person uh, between Ahop and I, because if you couldn't tell, we've had technical difficulties in the past due to doing this from 1500 miles away from each other. Weird. So <laughs> we will be in the same room next week. We'll see how it's that works gonna out. It's going to be live. It's going to be fun for us. Um we're also going to a Suns Celtics game next Thursday. So I don't know when we're going to do the pod either before or after. There will be a pod. We'll don't see. don't worry though. No, no, I, no, I just mean like when we're going to be able to talk Most about deaf. the game and stuff. It'd be cool to talk about it after, but it gets over so late. Who knows? We'll make it happen. It'll probably be a blowout. You can leave it oh, after the first yeah, quarter. Totally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, next week should be a fun episode. It'll be one for the books, one for ball, for, for ball we know. And the history. 25th episode. Look at that. Woo. Milestones. Yeah, so uh, shout out to our five listeners now. Yeah, oh growing. Fuck it off. <laughs> I uh, just want to give you all some love, each and every one of you. Thanks for listening. We appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. It makes it more fun for us because we'd probably just be talking to the air if we did this without listening. Uh, that is what so would we're be glad, happening. We're, we're glad someone enjoys this. Other than us. Nonsense that we... Yes. I mean, it, it doesn't really surprise me. It's the best podcast out there. It is the best podcast. It's the best structured too. All the segments we got, they're fine. And there's no rambling about nothing ever. Uh uh-uh. uh So with uh, all that said, make sure you uh, review the pod because no one does it, <laughs> and it help us. Give a lot. us some good feedback. <laughs> if you hate things, tell us. If you love things, don't. And I, and I just want to say shout out to the seven of you that listen right when this pod drops. You know why? Because they subscribe and they get the notifications. Ooh. So if y'all if y'all want to be the, the first to listen to it and maybe get a shout out, you know, hit that. Subscribe you know what button. to do. Got seven. That, I drop it at six a.m. and they're already listening to it. And I'm like, I just hit subs- or, uh, publish, and then all of a sudden, boom, seven Love listeners. Love it. Rider dies. We appreciate you. So I guess I lied about the five listener thing. There's seven. <laughs> okay, thanks for that. Unless. Unless two of them are you and me. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, subscribe so you can get the drop right at 6 a.m. And you can be like, wow, I'm here for the for the drop. And you just feel special. And you can get learned. Or you can be asleep. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, review, like I said, because reviews are fun. And hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Handles in the, the description. Along with the kicks of the week. And I guess I'll uh, I'll be seeing you next week, eh, Hop? Sure will. Yeah, it should be a good time. Uh, so, yeah. So this has been For Ball We Know. See ya. Adios. 
Man, I'm 75 and still alive. Like, damn, it went fast. I know somewhere up above my father's having a laugh. Every lesson that he told me adding up like it's math. And every time I'm looking dumb because I ain't listening to the man. And now I'm thinking, man, where my legacy at? As I'm staring at the child of my child on my lap. And it hits me all at once, man, this is where it at. I said, son, go get that bond. Let me show you who you are. I said, this is my legacy. I leave it for you. And it's something that's a part of me now, a part of you too. And it's more than just a game, and it's more than just a sport. If there ever truly is a sign of God, it's a proof. It'll teach you how to work, how to love, how to lose. All the dedication needed to be the man that you choose. I'm leaving it for you so you can be the better man. I handed him the rock like I put the world in his hands. And now he's dribbling, yeah, yeah. And now he's dribbling, yeah, yeah. And now he's dribbling, yeah. He put some shots up and he's dribbling.